You're listening to the Diet Rebel Podcast with Kiki Smith. If you're a woman who hates the idea of having to choose between loving your body and changing it, then you are a diet rebel and this podcast is for you. In this podcast, we talk about everything from loving your body exactly as it is now to becoming the most fit, lean, and toned you've ever been, no matter how old you are, how many tiny humans you've birthed, or how many times you've lost and regained the same 15 or 50 pounds. Seriously, you don't wanna miss it. So grab a snack, preferably protein-based, and sit back and enjoy this episode. Today we're talking all about fat loss struggles per decade. So I'm breaking them down decade by decade. And the reason why I wanted to do this is because So many people find information at different ages and stages of their lives. And when you find the information, you know, sometimes there's a gap between when you find information and when you implement it. And sometimes there is a time period between where you find information and you're implementing it consistently. And sometimes you may have shifted into a new decade. So if you don't already understand what was happening and why that decade, what what was happening during that decade that you needed to be aware of, then that is something that could totally upshift things for you. So I wanted to definitely like talk a bit about like what's happening from basically your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, even 60s. If you're 70s and beyond, and I don't really address some things that are specific to you, you can always uh, pop in the questions, something specific that you have. But I want to break down what's happening per decade as far as your body composition and the different fat loss struggles that we face in each decade. Now, the biggest thing that I want to say is that there is a tendency for when women see this type of information, whether, you know, because sometimes this is a popular topic in like magazines and things like that, where it's like skincare in these different stages of life, we have a tendency to only look and pay attention to the particular age group that you're in. And what I would warn against is doing that. So what I would suggest to do instead is to pay more close attention to the decades that you have already gone through and the decades that you are that are ahead of you. So if you are somebody in your 20s, don't just tune into the 20s portion of this. Not that there's a ton of you in your 20s watching this, but if you are, you want to pay closer attention to what's going to happen in your 30s, 40s, and 50s because a lot of what I'll talk about in those age brackets are because of mistakes made in your 20s. And the same thing, if you are somebody that are that's in, you know, that you're like 45, 48, like you're on the cusp of 50 or you're over 50, then don't just wait and tune in when we talk about what's happening in your 50s. You want to pay a lot closer attention to what happened in the decades leading up to 50 so that you understand because the thing is, is that it works both ways. So if you are earlier in the decades, then the things that are to come are things that you want to have preventative maintenance for, the things that you want to start working in habits and building up things for now to prevent the things that have already happened. You want to be able to look back and understand how those things have compounded to where you are now. That way you can have the most holistic approach and the most actual like 
productivity in what you're doing when you're trying to accomplish fat loss, no matter what the age is. So that's the reason why I want to break down what was happening in each decade so that based on the decade that you're that you're in now, you can use that information to kind of fix anything that happened in previous decades and look ahead to what could possibly happen in a future decade and stop it from happening now if it's something that you care enough about. So that is what we're going to do today is we're going to kind of break down what was going on in each decade and how it led to or is going to lead to where you are from here. So basically what I'm where I'm going to start is at age 25. So although I am addressing decades and I am going to say your 20s and your 30s and your 40s and your 50s, this is another mistake that I see is that a lot of times, especially with women, when you're on the cusp of a new decade, you may not see the ramifications of whatever is happening during that decade until you're midway through it. And the reason for this starts in your 20s. So the 20s is a big one because of the fact that women, you know, this is men and women, but it's important for women to understand that you don't even have your adult body yet. You're not even done physically growing until you are 25 years old. It's at that point where a lot of these things starts happening. So often if a person is earlier in that decade and they're not seeing the quote unquote problems of that decade, it can be easy for them to dismiss and think like, oh, that's not happening to me. And I see this in every age bracket. So a woman in her early 20s who is talking to someone that's in her later 20s may not identify with her. The 21-year-old is not going to necessarily identify with the fat loss problems of the 28-year-old because the 28-year-old is actually experiencing a little more of the problems of the 30s than the the 21-year-old is still kind of experiencing the results of being a teenager. And the same thing. So the person in their early 30s is kind of still experiencing some of the things that were happening in their 20s. So in each decade, it's usually not until mid-decade that you start to actually notice some of these things. And like I said, this is part of why that trend begins is because that at age 25, this is when you're officially a woman. So even though like we start hormonally becoming a woman, you know, at age as early as 9, 10, 11, 12, some of these days, you know what I mean? Usually like, and when you're a teenager, that is when you're having your first menstrual cycle and things like that are happening. And then as you move into this age 25, that is when things shift a little bit. This is when your body starts to store a little bit more as far as fat, because if you haven't already started bearing children, your body is really trying to get your reproductive system ready for that. And this is also when you have reached peak muscle mass. So for a lot of women, they don't realize that at age 25, this is when your body starts to kind of hoard fat a little bit more than it has been in those teenage years, because now your body is officially a woman, you've officially stopped growing, you've officially stopped putting on muscle mass without even trying, now your body is going to start moving into that fat storage space. So at age 25 is when this starts. This is the reason why a lot of women can make it all the way through their 20s and not really understand what's happening because of the fact that it didn't really start shifting until that age 25. So between 20 to 25, a lot of women 
feel like they are an adult. And a lot of women later on in life, this is the reason why I say to pay attention to this, even if you are someone that's older, a lot of women that are in their later years, in their 30s, 40s, 50s, when they look back on when they first were an adult, often it's those early 20s that kind of have that nostalgic period for them that they're trying to get back to. When in reality, it would be probably even easier to pay attention to the size that you were in that like 25 to 35 era. So from 15 to 25, your body's just kind of adding on muscle, adding on muscle mass with the little things that you're doing, whether you're actively trying to put on muscle mass. If you're somebody who has been active, like in sports or like cheerleading, anything like that, up until that time point, you've probably assisted your body in adding some muscle mass. But either way, every person's body is trying to add on, you know, that maximum amount of muscle mass until about age 25. At that point in time, that is when the use it or lose it factor comes in. If you haven't started using that muscle mass at age 25, that's when your body starts dropping off a little bit. That's when it starts to start let go of some of that muscle and it starts to hold on to the fat. So this is why you can make it throughout your entire 20s, maybe even being the same weight, but the body composition shifts are already starting. So basically the things that you're dealing with in your 20s is this is when those original changes to your lifestyle start occurring. A lot of women in their 20s start to experience that shift. Like I say, if you were someone that was active as a teenager, maybe even all the way on through college or university, if you played any sports then, any collegiate sports, either way, this is when that first shift in activity begins to happen and you start getting either a more sedentary job, maybe this is in your later 20s, maybe that's when some women are starting to have children, things like that. So you move from those more active years of being a child and being a teenager where you're just ripping and running all over the place, and you slowly move into a slightly more sedentary category. So there is a slight decrease in physical activity, so this can start to lead to, in, to some weight gain for some women in their 20s. This is when women first start really experiencing some of that stress is in their 20s, like I say, mostly like the mid to late 20s. So a lot of these decades will spent like 25 to 35 is if you're getting into the workforce, you're starting to experience a little bit more stress in your job. If you started having children, you're starting to experience a little bit more stress there. If you've got married, maybe you're experiencing stress there, you're paying bills. So things have shifted in a way that now introduces the stress level too. So you have the change in lifestyle. So the sedentary factor means you're burning slightly less calories than you were in your teens. The stress factor is now there's a shift in hormones that are happening because stress levels have gone up a little bit. Uh, whether you are somebody who's still in school, married, not married, either way, there is a that first taste of stress that starts to kick in in your 20s. Also in your 20s, what tends to happen is because this is your first time being like really busy, you know, you had things going on in your teens, but you didn't have the level of responsibility that you may have in your 20s. This is when that poorer diet can start to catch up with you. So this is when a lot of uh, nutritional habits start that maybe aren't the healthiest. If you are someone who's like, especially like I say, in your 
early 20s, you're still in school. This is kind of that like ramen noodle phase for a lot of university students or where you're, you know, you're trying to scrimp and save if you're somebody who's putting yourself through college. And so your eating habits start to shift. And I mean, not that they were probably the healthiest when you were younger, but maybe you're parents, you know, had a little bit more control over what you ate. So maybe you had some actual meals when you were younger. Once you're in control of it yourself, sometimes price starts to dictate a little bit more than quality, what you're eating. So a lot more processed foods gets introduced, which tend to be a little bit higher in calories, lower in nutrients. And like I say, when you have that shift of being slightly more sedentary than you were before, then you're going to kind of see that that's where a lot of women start to experience that first little influx of weight gain in their 20s. That is just kind of like, whoa, what happened? So it's whether it's the freshman 15 or, you know, that first couple of years of marriage for a lot of women for different thing for different women, there's something different that seems to trigger it. But typically it's all kind of the same thing. It's one of these things that are happening in addition to, like I say, those hormonal changes that are happening because in your 20s, that's when you're starting to really experience a lot of those hormonal fluctuations because whether you are starting to bear children or not, your body kind of wants to. So you may start experiencing more hormonal fluctuations during your menstrual cycle where those hunger levels are you know, heightened or those cravings are heightened. And like I said, you don't have that active nature of your youth to kick in. So if your appetite's suddenly affected by your hormones and your metabolism isn't actually where it was before to meet the need, that can also cause some weight gain. And the other thing is typically this is a time period where you're not necessarily getting a ton of sleep. So, you know, you can kind of run on fumes when you're younger and you don't care. <laughs> so there's sometimes there's a catch 22. Some people when they're young sleep a lot, like all the time. But a lot of women, like I say, because of this like shift in responsibility, especially if you are someone who is in school or, you know, started having children at this point in time, this is when that, you know, first bout of like starting to realize that like, man, I need more sleep kicks in. So not having that sleep also affects the hormones, your appetite and all of those things as well. So definitely something to start looking at during that time period. So in your twenties, those are the biggest things that you're paying attention to is trying to get enough sleep, paying attention to those hormonal cues of being hungry and things like that, or the cravings that you're having during your menstrual cycle, because a lot of times those cravings are actually pointing you to nutritional deficiencies that you may need to check, but also figuring out that, you know, starting to look at that sedentary part of the equation a little bit more now, although it's not something that probably has massively affected you at this point. It will later on, as you'll see, as we talk about in some of the future stages. So when you're in your 20s, really the main thing to even do is that's when a lot of the stuff that I've talked about in some of the previous videos about newbie gains and things like that, like really, it's just about moving a little bit more than that's when it really is about like move more eat a little bit less or just burn more calories than you're taking in because of the fact that like sometimes you're not really paying attention to those things because of the fact that you're like you're young, you have been able to eat whatever you want up until this point, maybe in your teenage years. And so you're kind of carrying over that teenage eating into adulthood 
while shifting the amount of activity that you're putting out. So that's probably the biggest factor that's happening in your 20s. That's the reason why often little changes that may or may not even make sense can help you to lose weight at that point in time. So it's something that you're not even really aware of what's happening until later on. So that's the reason why I pointed out that age 25 is a good time to pay attention to it because for a lot of people, you kind of can coast into 25 and maybe you start noticing some of that weight gain at 25. But if you're someone who never really had a problem with gaining weight in your teens, this may even be a welcome weight gain in your 20s. So for some women, they're excited because they're starting to like gain in places maybe they didn't have before. Maybe you were like someone who developed later on in life. So you're a little bit happier now that you're starting to put on some curves. Or like I said, it's such it's in such small increments that it's noticeable, but it's not enough yet to really you know, rattle you too much because literally if you just start something, you know, and you burn a little bit of extra calories for a while, or really just go back to the calorie level that you were burning in high school, you'll notice that it comes back off again and it usually comes off really quickly. So that's what you're looking at when you're in that age 25 to 35. So I consider that your 20s, 25 to 35, when you hit 35. This is when I will say that fat loss begins to get harder. So women start to notice that they struggle a little bit more with losing weight in their 30s. So again, I'm going to point to 35. I'm always going to kind of keep it in the middle because if you are someone who did not have a lot of issues in your like late 20s, then that may carry over into your early 30s and then maybe around like 33, 34, 35 is when you'll start to notice these things, but definitely more so in your late 30s is when you start kind of feeling the effects of the 30s kicking in. So in your 30s, that is when in addition to what was happening in your 20s, because again, remember, that is the biggest thing that we're looking at here is the fact that these things compound. So when we move into your 30s, what happened in your 20s isn't like irrelevant. It was in a mute point. It's in addition to. So now that you have those shifts that just happened in your 20s, when you're in your 30s, your metabolism starts slowing another level. So now you've hit that other level because of the fact to remember at age 25 is when your muscle mass started dropping. So by 30s, especially mid to late 30s, your metabolism is really starting to slow down. Like you're really starting to notice those things that were happening in your 20s that maybe you kind of disregarded or were able to like do a quick diet and get past. So you start noticing that slower metabolism. Your muscle mass is decreasing again because now you've hit that second decade. So 25 to 35 is that first decade of your muscle mass starting to decrease. 35 to 45 is that second decade of muscle mass, like decreasing. So now it's starting to become a little bit more noticeable because it's in such small increments. The first five to 10 years may go unnoticed for a lot of women. So they don't actually recognize what's happening and they keep repeating a lot of the things that work in those earlier years, in those, you know, early 20s, they'll keep repeating those in their late 20s or in their late 20s, they'll keep repeating those in their early 30s. So you're seeing that metabolism slow down a little bit more. You're seeing that decrease in muscle mass because of the fact that 
you are hitting that, especially mid 35, you're hitting that second tier decade of losing muscle mass. More hormonal changes kick in at this point because of the fact that if you are on, if you've started having children at this point, you know, you're having any hormonal issues that are happening during the pregnancy. But if you're someone who is still not having children at this stage of the game, your hormones are starting to shift again because they're starting the trend towards menopause. So this is where you're going to start seeing some of those early signs in the later years, because we're talking about decade 35 to 45. So that's when you're going to start seeing a little bit more of that. So in your thirties, that's when you're having any hormonal changes related to pregnancy. You're having like perimenopausal symptoms coming in. And those again, affect your appetite and again, your metabolism. So if you're, whenever your appetite is affected and you've moved another notch in how sedentary you are, those things are always going to conflict with each other. Being hungry and moving less means that you're creating this bigger and bigger gap between how much you're burning and how much you're taking in. So if you're still carrying those poor eating habits that were developed in your 20s into your 30s, but now life has gotten a little bit busier because of the fact that maybe you have started having kids or you're knee deep into your career now or whatever the case may be. If these things are happening and now you've gotten even busier because a lot of those things actually require you to be a little bit more sedentary, to be more productive in your career. Maybe that requires you sitting at a desk for longer periods of time to do work. Or if you're, you know, in a graduate program, you are doing a lot more there too. So there's a lot more things that are shifting. And then because now of these added things, because with each decade that's happening, more responsibilities are being added to your plate, especially as a woman. So it's not that you're just like moving through these things and nothing's happening. More things are being added to your plate. So it's causing that slowdown. It's causing you to be a little bit more sedentary. It's causing more stress. So the first level of sedentary and of stress and of eating habits that we saw in our 20s begin to go to the second level in your 30s, late 30s, early 40s, because of the fact that now you're even more stressed out because your children, you have maybe multiple children, your graduate degree is looming closer and you're trying to finish that, or you have, you know, dissertations to give or things like that to happen. So, or maybe you've moved into a new stage of your career, you've gotten promoted, that's come with more responsibilities. You have gotten married, you're juggling all of these things. And what happens at each age, more is getting added on, but not much is getting taken off. So that's the reason why the stress levels continue to increase. And because it's been happening so gradually, it's like the, what is, what's the metaphor, the parable of like the frog in boiling water. Like if you put it in cold water, I know this is a horrible metaphor, but you put it in cold water and you turn the heat up, it never realizes that it's boiling until it's too late. So yes, gross metaphor. But that's what happens to women is that the water, the like heat is just slowly cranking up, but because you've been in it the whole time, you don't realize that the stress levels are rising. So everything that's being added on your plate, because it's being added one thing at a time, you feel like I should be able to handle this. I should be able to handle this. I should be able to handle this. So all of these things are being added. But when you look at where you were at, you know, in that 15 to 25 ish range, and then where you are in that, 25 to 35 range, now you start to see a thing shift. 
and then in 35 to 45. So like in those late 30s compared to where you were in your late teens, you're doing a lot more, but you're still the same person and you're possibly moving less. And like we said, if those, if you're still eating the same way or you're still attacking the problem with the same kind of randomness that you were able to do in your 20s, it doesn't necessarily work because you've moved around in that sedentary nature and that muscle mass has been decreasing all along the way. And remember, as muscle mass is decreasing, your body is trying to hold on to fat for storage. It's getting rid of muscle because it's just too expensive to keep. It takes too much upkeep. It takes a certain amount of eating. It takes a specific way of working out. It takes too much. And typically, the older that you're getting, you just don't have that brain power to devote to it anymore. So you're not taking care of those things and not taking care of the areas that would hold on to the muscle mass, which would allow your body to get rid of fat. So instead it holds on to the fat and starts getting rid of the muscle mass. So that's why fat loss starts getting harder when you're in those, that 35 to 45 range. So in your 30s, so you're having the decrease in muscle mass, you're having that decrease in metabolism because of that. You're seeing the hormonal changes as you know, you're getting closer to menopause and for many pregnancies, that you've had or are still having, you're adding more stress to your plate, all of those things which are leading to more hormonal changes. And then again, those sleep habits that started to get a little bit poorer in your 20s are probably really kicking in in your 30s. And because you've convinced yourself that you can survive off of more sleep, you're okay doing it. So typically that's what happens is that because we got away with things during this phase, you know, a lot of times that is where we start uh, getting that extra 10 minutes, 30 minutes, hour that we need is we just take it from our sleep. So the sleep habits start to get worse as we move into those late 40s, early 30s. So not getting enough sleep because of your work commitments, family commitments, all these things also disrupts your hormonal function and again, starts triggering your appetite again, which makes you want to eat more. So it's not that you shouldn't eat more. Like that's why your hormones are saying these things because it needs the energy from somewhere. You're just not getting enough sleep. So if you've had those unhealthy eating habits shift over from teens and 20s on into the 30s and late 40s, then if you're starting to continue, you're relying on more uh, like processed foods, things like that. And it's not that there's anything wrong with processed foods because they're convenient. It's just that certain things tend to be higher in calories and lower in nutrients. So this is just adding to the hormonal soup that is happening as you age because of the fact that you are, you're becoming more sedentary. You're eating things that are higher and higher in calories and not having enough activity to offset them while also becoming malnourished in specific nutrients that start to backfire as you get deeper and deeper into each decade. So that's the reason why I'm pointing those out is because when we start to have our go-to foods, we're again, not paying attention to the bigger picture. And so this malnourishment is happening along the way and it starts to kind of hit uh, a lot of women will hit that brick wall in their forties where things start to become like super noticeable as far as health problems and things like that. So in your 40s, I will say, so again, I'm saying age 45 onwards, but these can happen early or later in your 40s, depending upon where you are, because the most important thing to understand is that because women start 
motherhood at different stages of life or your parents are at different ages some of you some of you may find out that you're shifting into some of these stages either earlier or later so a woman that has children early on in life maybe early 20s may start experiencing some of the stuff that i talk about in the 30s she may experience those in her 20s a woman that has parents that are aging when we talk about that because that's some of the stuff that we start seeing in our that 40s era especially 45 to 55 is when we're starting to see a lot more things because now that becomes another added responsibility is, you know, not only are we, you know, maybe possibly still taking care of little ones at home or, you know, maybe at this point we're having some grandchildren come on. There are also our parents that are growing a little more elderly. They need our care and support and things like that. So that is something else that now gets added to your plate in addition to the other things. So again, if you're someone who's in your thirties and maybe your parents had you later on in life, you may find this happens to you a little bit uh, sooner than in your forties. But the biggest theme of your forties that is starting to happen, especially by mid forties, 45 to 55 is that muscle loss muscle loss becomes very prominent in your late 40s. So a lot of women have been able to maybe ignore it up until this point. And what happens is it starts to be a little more in your face. Maybe not so much of the actual muscle mass. Maybe you are noticing that like you're softer overall, but because of the swap of body composition. So this is where if a woman has been able to kind of maintain her weight for most of her life in the mid forties, even if she's that same weight, this is when she really starts to notice that shift in body composition. She really starts to notice what was happening all that time that her body was getting rid of muscle and that it was adding on fat because everything just feels a little out of place. Everything feels a little squishier, you know, things like that. So it's just like, whoa, what happened here? And so maybe if at this point, you know, she's only strayed maybe like 10 pounds from her usual weight, she's thinking all I have to do is lose that 10 pounds. When in reality, because of the massive loss of muscle mass at this point, because now we're entering into that third decade of losing muscle mass, her actual goal body weight is probably anywhere from 10 to 20 pounds less than what she even thinks because of the fact of how much muscle mass has been lost. So this is very much the theme of the 40s is that muscle loss kicking in and from 45 to 55 is usually when there is that like awakening moment for a lot of women where they're like, I need to change something. Something's happening. And this is when they start seeking information for what happened, you know, fat loss after 40 or how do I lose weight in my 40s? And that's why I said it was very important to pay attention to the other categories so that you understood that this is what was happening all along. So all of the things that were happening in your 20s, in your 30s are still happening in your 40s. In addition to, like I said, now you are like, menopause is either in your face or like right around the corner. So you're going to see a lot more hormonal changes in your forties. This is when it starts to feel like your hormonals, your, your hormones are out of whack from that 45 to 55 era. You're having either perimenopause, menopause, you know, whatever the case may be, but it's leading to a massive decrease in your estrogen levels. And because of the fact that estrogen plays a 
very big role in maintaining your muscle mass. That is why this tends to seem like it's happening almost overnight. So a lot of women will feel like they didn't actually lose muscle until their 40s, when in actuality, it was happening all along. It's just because the closer that you're getting to menopause, when those estrogen levels drop off rapidly, that's when they start noticing that shift. They start noticing the fat gain that was already happening. And it seems nearly impossible to get off. But remember, fat loss was getting harder in your 30s. It just starts to become noticeably hard in your 40s because of the fact that you've started losing that muscle loss. And now it's undeniable. So it was happening before, but it was undeniable. The sedentary lifestyle has gone up to another notch. So a lot of women in their 40s at this point, like you are super busy with your work and your family schedules and stuff like that. So the fact that you are constantly shaking and moving, you're not putting in a lot of physical activity geared towards yourself, which is contributing to that muscle loss. If during this period in time, you've also had children or been going on diets, you may have double, quadrupled, quintupled that muscle loss at this point. So not only do you have the natural shift that was occurring every decade starting at age 25, you have contributed to that even more due to some of those unhealthy habits, whether it's the poor nutrition because of the fact that you weren't eating in a way that was maintaining the muscle mass, keeping those bad habits from the 20s, if it was working out in ways that worked in your 20s, because again, if in your 20s kind of anything worked, you may have gotten used to like quick fixy type things. So fat diets, cardio, things like that, that worked quickly and got you, you know, back in shape very quickly. So when you were doing those things, if you're still doing those in your 40s, all that starts to become more noticeable because all of those things were eating away at your muscle mass, which means all those things were decreasing your metabolism. So you have your natural decrease in metabolism if you're somebody who's been generally active and you know, staying in shape most of that time. But if you're someone who was not doing that thing, not eating in a way that kept your muscle, not working out in a way that kept your muscle, dieting, having children, just aging in general, all of those things were starting to decrease that muscle mass and metabolism. So these things are really starting to add up now. And now we're looking at a lot of that malnutrition starts to show up. This is when women start to actually start seeing a little bit more of the health problems that were already underlying, but the health problems start to come to the surface now because when you look at the issues that come along with gaining fat, losing muscle, being chronically stressed at this point, because a lot of times, like I said, at this point, things have been constantly added to the plate, added to the plate, added to the plate, and not very much has been taken off. And with each decade, new things are being added to the plate. The plate is so full and the woman does not know that she has been under chronic stress. And there's a difference between chronic stress and acute stress. Chronic stress is when it's just constant. It's nonstop, never ends. Acute stress is when it goes up and comes down, which is like exercise or something like that. Some acute stress can actually be good. But at this point of decades of muscle loss, metabolism dropping, chronic stress, and often, like I said, poor nutrition, if you're not paying attention to the things that will keep your metabolism high, this is when there are some health issues that start to come to the forefront. This is when women start getting, you know, either their doctor telling them that they need to lose more weight or that their blood pressure is high or something like that. Like that's when some of these things start to come to the surface or 
uh, being pre-diabetic or something like that. So a lot of those things starts coming to the surface. But again, all these things were bubbling up that entire time. But it's like the bubble feels like it bursts when you're in that 45 to 55 range. So it's simmering the whole time and you kind of know it, but you're just so busy that you just keep going and keep going and keep going. And because you've been able to ignore a lot of the things, you just continue to ignore them. And maybe you're only paying attention to the surface level things of your weight. And maybe that's the only part of it that's bugging you, but all the things associated with it tend to come out when you're in that 45 to 55 range. And a lot of it is due to, like I said, that lifestyle of muscle loss that's been happening until then. And this is, again, when physically women are looking in the mirror and just like, what happened to me? And again, they're thinking back to that probably pre-25 version of themselves and thinking like, that is how I used to look when, remember, in reality, you didn't actually start until 25. So they're looking back at those early 20s and it feels like you blink and woke up and you don't recognize your body anymore. And again, obviously, if you're somebody who's having children throughout that time, I'm sure that process was happening even faster because that can happen the day after you've had children. So, but all of that has been speeding along this process. And that is going to be the biggest issue that that woman is dealing with at 45 to 55 when you're facing the muscle loss factor. So once you hit 50s, in your 50s, this is once again where like, so again, we talked about like that stress bubble starting to burst, that muscle loss bubble burst kind of in your 40s. In your 50s, late 50s, 55 to 65, this is when that hormonal bubble really bursts. Because like I said, this is where a lot of these things start to collide. Whereas if you have raised children and you're done raising children, there's grandchildren coming in now. There's possibly elderly parents that are, you know, needing your help a little bit more. Excuse me. You have elderly parents that probably need your help a little bit more. You know, maybe your children are starting to lean on you for grandparenting. Maybe you are, maybe you have uh, either peaked in your career and you're starting to consider retirement, things like that. So Often this is where things could be starting to slow down for you, but because of all the stress that you've been under all of those years, this is almost like when that hormonal bubble bursts. This is when, you know, a lot of that weight gain or frustration that you were kind of putting on the back burner for what was happening in your 30s and 40s and 50s, you're kind of like, this is now or never like my late 50 clients, my like 55 to 65 year old clients, those are the ones that are just like, what do I need to do? I'm all about it. Like they're like ready to take action. There are things still happening in their lives, but this is when like, it's like the fog is finally lifting and they finally have a clear enough head to look back over the decades and see what was happening and actually accept it and recognize that like, okay, I need to do something about this if I'm ever going to do something about it. So by 55, this is usually when, if you know you hadn't already been experiencing the menopausal symptoms, menopause is there. It's, you know, if you're younger and you're watching this, menopause is when your menstrual cycle stops. So when your menstrual cycle stops, your ovaries stop producing estrogen and progesterone. So we talked about and how in your 45 to 55, like those levels are dropping. This is when like 
we're, we're done with it. So unless you're getting some kind of hormonal replacement therapy or something like that, that is going to be one of the big issues that you're facing is that you no longer have that estrogen. Those of those hormones, your estrogen and your progesterone, those are things that contribute to your metabolism and your weight. So this is why it starts to become very noticeable the closer and closer and closer you get to menopause. That's why that little midsection starts growing during that time period. All of those things that start happening and these like literally like unexplainable like weight gain, even for the person who has never had a problem like putting on weight their entire lives, like they've never gained weight, starts to see those changes in this age period because of the fact that they're missing these hormones that help with fat loss and muscle mass. And when you have that decrease in these hormones, then that can start to lean lead to more weight gain, especially in the belly. So that is one of the biggest complaints that we start to see during that time. Again, more decrease in muscle mass. You've hit another decade of muscle mass decreasing and it's become harder to build muscle mass. And because of the fact that as you start aging, as you're getting into that 55 to 65 territory, there is also a little bit of concern with how to build muscle because that is when you start to, even though you know that you need muscle, there is like, you've had some experience in life. You're a little bit more timid about doing the things that muscle building requires. You don't want to get injured. So like there is a little bit of the mental battle and doing what it takes to build the muscle and moving, you know, like slowly and strategically because of the fact that like you want to finally like take the bull by the horns and do this but there is a little bit of fear because it's like if I get hurt it's going to take me 10 times longer to heal so like that is those are some of the big things that I see start to come up then again with uh the sedentary lifestyle usually this is when it really tanks because of the fact that if you were somebody who was like career driven and maybe you're retiring in your late 50s, early 60s, this is like that's kind of your mind is in that space in that 55 to 65 range of like it's time for like I've put in my time. I I'm ready to relax. I'm ready to chill. I'm ready to, you know, like whatever, travel the world, do that. Like you're ready to live a bit more relaxed lifestyle, maybe because you finally recognize that you've just been pushing and pushing and pushing for decades. And so while yes, you absolutely deserve to be able to kick your feet up and do the things, this pushes you into that next level sedentary. So that is one of the things that starts to become an issue then because you're either having reduced work hours, if you're moving closer to retirement, or you are, you know, you kind of have seniority at work, so you're not forced to do as much there. Or if you've been, you know, a homemaker and chasing children around forever, you're not necessarily doing that. Even if grandkids are in the picture, like you may not necessarily be running around after them the way that you were with your own children, at least not full time. You're not doing a lot of the errands. So there's a lot of things that at this point, you're older, you're wiser, you're more productive, which means that you're probably more sedentary. The more productive that you get 
it's funny that you actually become a little bit more sedentary because you're getting, you're able to get more done in less time. Whereas when you're like a finicky 20 year old and you have no idea how things go and you're just kind of all over the place because you haven't figured the world out yet, you're burning a lot more energy because you don't even know what you're like. You're just trying to figure things out. So you're kind of all over the place. Once you start getting more and more strategic and productive, it actually gives you uh, more time to sit around. <laughs> Not that you're being lazy, but it just gives you more time to sit around. So uh, this is when, again, if there's been a nutritional issue, it's going to come to pass. That's when you're going to start having any health issues from that. You're going to start noticing probably a little bit more like gut and digestion issues that if you've been able to ignore them up until this point, start to become a little bit more of a deal and you're not going to be able to ignore them anymore. The other thing that tends to happen in your 50s that can create a fat loss struggle is that if you have had these things, these health issues building up, medications start to be introduced. And a lot of times those medications, even for the person who's been able to maintain their weight the entire time, can start to introduce some weight gain. So whether these are medications for anxiety or depression or blood pressure or things like that. So when those medications are starting to be assigned for any of these health problems that are happening because of loss of muscle mass or uh, poor eating habits or whatever, aging, injuries, whatever the thing is, those may also have that side effect of weight gain. So that's something to think about then. And when you're getting those prescriptions to talk to your doctor about and or create a counterattack for. So with that being said, for my ladies that are in their 60s, the main struggles that you're going to see here will be, again, everything from the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s in addition to that next cycle of hormonal changes. So anything that shifted during the time period of menopause you're, is still kind of lingering, not to mention that if you've been adding on fat all along the way, fat is where our hormones are stored. So you're going to tend to have a little bit more hormonal issues the more body fat that you carry because of the fact that that's where our hormones are stored. So it's not that having body fat is a good or bad thing. It's just that if the body fat has been collecting during this time period, then you're experiencing some of the hormones from that and any built up hormones from, like I said, that time period in those middle years where you were chronically stressed, those may still be lingering Uh as well as if there's anything that you're starting to deal with at that age of depression, if you're starting to see your parents pass or people around you that you love, aunts, uncles, things like that, uh, then there can be some issues with, especially if you're getting any medication for those, or like I said, just the hormonal reactions from the stress of that are a little bit triggered. The muscle mass obviously is going to be huge at this point, because if you haven't addressed it, all the way up until now, you're absolutely seeing it and possibly dealing with sarcopenia, which is a what it's officially called once you're at an older age and you've lost so much muscle mass that there's not enough there to support your joints. So you're starting to have a lot of uh, bone issues and pain because there's not, the muscles aren't there to help you properly like flex and move your joints 
and things the way that you're supposed to. So that's when we start to see some of those issues from either sarcopenia, maybe even osteoporosis, if that wasn't already starting to happen from menopause and some bone loss there, which all those things, again, if you are somebody who's lifting, wouldn't be as much of an issue, but it does start to make things a little bit more challenging. In addition to, like I said, as you get older, the way that you can lift you know, begins to change and the desire to want to lift heavy begins to change because you don't want to risk injuring yourself. And honestly, at age 65 to 75 is when you do want to start dialing it back a little bit and you're not going to be able to toss around as heavy weight as you were able to in your 40s and below. So it's something to consider that you're staying in a higher rep range, like above six to eight reps and not really dropping into that one rep max zone. And really the sedentariness is what is the biggest struggle at this point. So you're still dealing with all the things from your fifties of like medications and things like that. But because like I said, the older that we get, the more mentally we're just like ready to relax. You're like, I don't want to rip and run like I used to. I'm not a 20 something. And that's the biggest thing to consider is the gap in when you were a teenager, 20 something, and how much you were burning versus when you're in that, like, look, I, I put in my time, I'm ready to kick my feet up. There is going to be a drastic difference there. And a lot of that is where that metabolism difference is. So in addition to the muscle loss factor that is going to affect your metabolism. There is just the pure nature of the fact that as each year passes by and, you know, you can compare yourself to a young child that is running circles around you and in and of itself, you can see there, it's not that getting older is destroying your metabolism. Like it's not one and the same. It's just the fact that as you've gotten older, you're sitting more. So therefore your metabolism is declining. So because of the fact that you're running around when you're younger, that is why your metabolism is faster. And when you're not moving as much when you get older, that is why your metabolism is slower. So it's not that being young automatically gives you a fast metabolism. Being young, just you have a lot of energy. You're using all your energy for the things to do whatever. <laughs> you're just running around crazy. When you're older, you're conserving your energy a little bit more and like being very strategic about how you spend it. And as a result, you are not going to be burning as many calories. So just something to think about. That's when you want to start paying more attention to having that uh, balanced diet, lifestyle, stress management, all those things. So with all of these, hopefully you are able to see a little bit more of the commonality between them versus just picking your decade and deciding from there. Because that is the most important thing is recognizing that if you connect the dots throughout the decades, there are specific things that are happening every single decade. It's really just about the stacking of those things and moving up a rung up a level in where you are with that. And so if you are at that highest level, it's more about reverse engineering back and recognizing that as you continue to do that, that is how you will be able to get back to where you were, if that was your goal. But those are the things that you would do to speed up that metabolism. So if every year your muscle mass was decreasing, then your 
goal would be to reverse that and start increasing your muscle mass every year. If every year you were getting more and more sedentary, then the solution would be to how do I slowly become more and more active? And just remember that the level of becoming more active from where you are now is real is going to take you back one level. It's not going to take you all the way to the level one. So it's just important to like have that the same way that things slowly decline. If you slowly incline them, then that is going to be the way to rejuvenate as much as you can. No, you don't need to run around like a 12 year old anymore, but it's just about recognizing what you had then what was happening all along the way and how you can start to slowly shift that again. So if you are in one of those mid phases and maybe you're at the high stress phase, then that's something too, is to start looking deeper into stress management. If you're at the high muscle loss phase, start looking more into, okay, how can I lose, uh, how can I start gaining more muscle mass? So it's really about dissecting where you are and doing the best that you can at that phase, but knowing what you're up against instead of just trying to attack it from the same realm that you did when you were in your twenties. So hopefully that helped you and gave you guys a little bit more food for thought. If you have not already watched the masterclass that I did on the five mistakes that women are making when it comes to their fat loss, I highly recommend that because that will help you to absorb like this information that we just talked about here and actually apply it because there I talk more about like the body types and things like that. And I know a few of you guys have emailed recently saying how much you really enjoyed that masterclass and how phenomenal the information was. So you are welcome. I'm so glad for those of you guys who did uh, sit through it and watch it. I will highly recommend having a pen and paper handy when you do go through that masterclass because it's going to teach you so much about yourself and how to put a lot of these steps that we talked about here today into action because it's going to break those down more and actually give you the like what what to do about it, what to do about all those things that are slowly either declining or being lost along the way. that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode and make sure you keep in touch. So whether that's through DMs or email, I would love to know what you felt about this episode or if you have topics that you'd like me to cover in future episodes. You can DM me on Facebook at em2wl or over on Instagram at eatmore number two way less or via email at info at eatmoretowayless.com. If you're completely new to the Immortal Way Less process, you can also grab our quick start guide at Eat More.